Welcome to Aminder, where our team of volunteers want to help you access the growing body of literature published on Alzheimer's disease, or AD for short. In this episode, we'll be covering nine papers released in February 2023 that all converge on the topic of targeting neuronal and synaptic protection in AD. Stay tuned! Welcome to Aminder a podcast where we summarize the latest publications on Alzheimer's disease for you, so you can spend more time doing awesome research. For every month, you'll find a series of episodes by theme, and each comes with a bibliography. Whether you're in the lab, on the bus, or cooking your meal, we hope you find this podcast useful and accessible. Each month, Our dedicated sorting team pulls abstracts from the PubMed database that pertain to AD or related dementias. Once retrieved, the sorting team separates these abstracts into distinct categories. Some turn into hosted episodes because they can be paraphrased and scripted into a more audio-friendly format by someone who's familiar with that subfield of AD research. Unfortunately, we don't have enough hosts for every single topic, but that's something you might be able to help us out with. If you're an expert in an area of research that we don't yet cover, reach out to us at aminderpodcast at gmail.com and let us know that you'd like to learn how to host. We have a variety of positions in addition to hosting that we're also recruiting for. So if you're interested in volunteering with us, we'd be more than happy to speak with you about potential opportunities at Aminder. If you don't have time to volunteer but have a few minutes to help us out, Consider leaving a review on platforms like Apple Podcasts and iTunes and rate us on platforms like Spotify. This helps our podcast get promoted by the algorithm, which means that we can reach more people. This month, we're also asking listeners to give us feedback by filling out a short survey. There, you can tell us what we're doing well and where we can improve. tinyurl.com slash survey. By participating, you'll get the chance to enter into a draw for a 15 US dollar gift card of your choosing, so please fill out the survey if you haven't already. With all that said, let's dive into our nine papers. We'll be starting off with papers that target specific pathways and move into our second half of the episode that more broadly targets neuroprotection. I'll be numbering off the papers as I go, so you can find them in the accompanying bibliography in the order that I'll be presenting them here. There are published bibliographies on our website, aminder.com, on nearly every AD-related theme, regardless of whether they get covered by hosted episodes or not. So please take advantage of an amazing and completely free resource that our team has made available to you. One last disclaimer before we get started. I'm doing my best to summarize these abstracts in an engaging way, but please don't mistake my enthusiasm as an endorsement of the quality of the research or their findings. That's up to you to determine by reading the papers for yourself. Okay, let's get started with our first section targeting specific neuroprotective pathways. Paper number one is called L-type calcium channel antagonist isratapine age-dependently decreases plaque-associated dystrophic neurites in 5x-FAD mouse model. 
The first author is Wickline, and the last author is Hop, and this was published in the journal Neuropharmacology. Authors belong to University of Texas Health Science Center, San Antonio, which is located in the United States. In our first paper, authors follow up on findings that reducing the activity of L-type calcium channels may reduce the rate of onset of neurodegenerative diseases like AD. In addition, amyloid beta, or A-beta as I'll be referring to it from now on, which is a key player in the pathology of AD, is thought to disrupt intracellular calcium signaling. Authors studied the effects of L-type calcium channel inhibition in the 5X-FAD familial mouse model of AD. They treated mice with the antagonist isratapine at both 6 and 9 months and assessed behavior, histology, and cell morphology. They report that L-type calcium channel inhibition improves neurite morphology and modestly reduces A-beta accumulation in an age-dependent manner. This treatment did not change microglial targeting to A-beta plaques. Certainly a good starting point to better understand the effects of a compound that's often tested for therapeutic potential in AD. Next is paper number two. Procyanidins extracted from the lotus seed pod meliorate cognitive impairment through Krebs BDNF pathway mediated LTP in APPPS1 transgenic mice. The first author is Wang, and the last author is Rong, and this was published in the journal Current Pharmaceutical Biotechnology. Authors are affiliated with Wuhan University of Science and Technology in China. In this next paper, authors wanted to better understand the mechanism of action of a different class of neuroprotective agents called procyanidins. These compounds, which were derived from lotus seed pods, were tested for their effects in the APP-PS1 transgenic mouse model of AD. Mice were given this extract for five months and then assessed for learning and memory, long-term potentiation, and activation of pro-survival phosphocreb over creb and BDNF pathways. They found that procyanidin administration restored cognitive dysfunction reduced A-beta deposition, and restored levels of phosphorylated CREB and BDNF. This was observed in conjunction with an enhancement of long-term potentiation in the hippocampus of mice. Altogether, they present evidence of procyanidin improving cognition through enhancing the CREB-BDNF signaling pathway in APP-PS1 mice. Now we have paper number three. The curcumin derivative GT863 protects cell membranes in cytotoxicity by A-beta oligomers. The first author is MoMA, and the last author is Kyuchi, and this was published in the International Journal of Molecular Sciences. The authors are affiliated with Showa University and Kanazawa University in Japan. In this paper, Authors try to improve upon the neuroprotective effect of curcumin, the antioxidant compound derived from turmeric. While it can reduce A-beta-induced toxicity, it is not readily bioavailable. They therefore tested the effects of a more bioavailable derivative called GT863 
in the SHSY5Y neuroblastoma cell line. They focused on the integrity of cell membranes against A-beta-induced toxicity, as this is one of the hypothesized pathological events underlying AD neurotoxicity. They found that one micromolar of GT863 inhibited plasma membrane phospholipid peroxidation, reduced membrane fluidity and membrane resistance, and reduced the influx of calcium. These are all considered cytoprotective effects, and therefore GT863 could serve as a prophylactic agent against A-beta-induced cytotoxicity. Paper number four is entitled, Chinese Herbal Compound Jinsiwei Improves Synaptic Plasticity in Mice with Sporadic Alzheimer's Disease Induced by Streptozotocin. The first author is Mei Jing, and the last author is Peng Wang, and this was published in the Journal of Traditional Chinese Medicine. Authors belong to several institutes that are located in Beijing and Shandong in China. In this paper, the patented Chinese herbal compound Jinsiwei was tested for its efficacy in protecting synapses and synaptic plasticity, and therefore efficacy in improving learning and memory. This was studied in a mouse model of sporadic AD, which was induced by administration of the neurotoxic compound streptozotocin. After mice were induced, Mice were treated with the AD drug Dinepazil and either low or high doses of Jinsiwei, or they were left untreated altogether. They also had a control group which was not induced with streptozotocin, so a healthy control. While they report the efficacy of Jinsiwei treatment, they don't state how this compares to the positive control Dinepazil. You'll have to find that information in the paper. They report that Jinsiwei improves measures of learning and memory, and increases synaptic numbers, and improves synaptic plasticity in the CA1 region of the hippocampus. They also report increases in protein expression of drebrin, synapsin, and NR2B, which are synaptic markers. Jinsiwei looks like a very promising compound for improving cognition in AED. Computer-aided screening and revealing action mechanism of green tea polyphenols intervention in Alzheimer's disease. The first author is Wang, and the last author is Han, and this was published in the journal Foods. Authors are affiliated with Jilin University in China. For this paper, researchers targeted the accumulation of cross-beta sheet amyloid fibrils, which are a hallmark of AD. They used a computer-aided screening of four green tea-derived polyphenols, which have previously been shown to confer neuroprotection. They wanted to identify the underlying mechanism of neuroprotection. Researchers found that the polyphenols interfered with pathological alterations in calcium signaling, pro-apoptotic pathways, among others. All four compounds seem to interact with vascular endothelial growth factor A, which is part of the inflammatory cascade, through residues including glutamate-64 and phenylalanine-36. Altogether, their study provides insight into the molecular interactions governing the neuroprotective effects of four green tea polyphenols in the context of AD. With that, 
Let's take a short break before exploring more papers that target neuroprotection in AD. I'm Lara from the bibliography team here at Aminder. Did you know the episode you're listening to has a numbered bibliography that you can find in our show notes or directly on our website? And all of our episodes come with their own bibliographies so that you can easily find and look into the papers that interest you. If you're also interested in keeping up to date with scientific publications in Alzheimer's research and working in collaboration with other teammates, we would love it if you consider joining us. Send your CV and an indication of what you're interested in doing with us to aminder.com podcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Nearly one million older Canadians live with a form of dementia. This number is expected to double within 10 years, and sadly no solutions exist yet to dramatically reduce these numbers. It has to stop. Research can help solve this problem. We are 350 researchers fully dedicated towards preventing and finding a cure to dementia and to improve care to those living with dementia. We are the Canadian Consortium on Neurodegeneration in Aging. The solution to dementia could be closer than you think. Welcome back. Our sixth paper of the episode marks the start of the second half of this episode, Now we're switching topics to look at studies that more broadly target neuroprotection. Our sixth paper is called Butyrate Ameliorates Quinolinic Acid-Induced Cognitive Decline in Obesity Models. The first author is Guy and the last author is Zheng, and this was published in the Journal of Clinical Investigations. Authors belong to Zhuzhou Medical University, Liaoning University of Traditional Chinese Medicine, which are both located in China, and the University of Wollongong in Australia. Now we're approaching AD from a different standpoint, that the low-grade inflammation that's prevalent in obesity can play a role in the development of cognitive impairment in Alzheimer's disease. Authors follow up on the finding that quinolinic acid can induce toxic neuroinflammation and that this leads to eventual neurodegeneration. In obese humans, they found a negative relationship between serum levels of quinolinic acid and cognitive function, and that this is also associated with less cortical gray matter. In diet-induced obese mice, they found that quinolinic acid levels were elevated in the cortex alongside the impairment of cognition in these animals. They also found that dendritic spine morphology was altered and that BDNF levels were reduced. They went even further to look at dopaminergic and glutamatergic neurons in a C. elegans model. They found that in this model, neurons were lesioned with quinolinic acid induction. They were able to rescue these changes both in vitro and in vivo using butyrate, a metabolite derived from gut microbiota. All of this suggests that quinolinic acid may play a role in cognitive decline associated with obesity and perhaps, as a result, AD, and that butyrate may be able to help protect against these changes. Moving on, we have paper number 7, Effects of Sesamin 
on A-beta 1-42 to induced oxidative stress and LTP impairment in a rat model of Alzheimer's disease. The first author is Arabi, and the last author is Komaki, and this was published in the journal Metabolic Brain Disease. Authors are affiliated with Hamadan University of Medical Sciences in Iran. Our seventh paper uses a rat model of neurodegeneration induced by A-beta-1-42 oligomer injection. They wanted to test the protective effects of the compound sesamin, specifically on long-term potentiation at perforant pathway dentate gyrus synapses. After four weeks of treatment with sesamin, they recorded field potentials in head-fixed animals and found that measures including the slope of the excitatory postsynaptic potentials, as well as population spike amplitudes, were decreased with A-beta treatment. Markers of oxidative stress in the serum were also increased after A-beta induction. These measures were rescued with sesamin pretreatment, suggesting sesamin can prevent A-beta-induced impairment to long-term potentiation through its antioxidant properties. Up next is paper number 8, Evaluating the Neuroprotective Effect of Spirulina Platensis-Loaded Neosomes Against Alzheimer's Disease-Induced in Rats. The first author is Abdelgeni, and the last author is El Ela, and this was published in the journal Drug Delivery and Translational Research. Authors are affiliated with Benisouef University, Mia University, and Cairo University, which are all located in Egypt. Did you know that aluminum exposure increases risk of developing AD? That's why injection with aluminum chloride into rats, which induces neurotoxicity in the brain, is used to model Alzheimer's disease. Authors used this model to further improve the delivery of the neuroprotective spirulina platensis extract derived from microalgae. They loaded these compounds into vesicular structures called neosomes, which were composed of tween-60 cholesterol and dihexadecal phosphate in a 1 to 2 to 0.1 ratio. Rats, which received this treatment, showed improved memory performance on object recognition tests. They also found that treatment restored levels of neurotransmitters in the brain, as well as oxidation status, but they don't go into more detail about these findings in their abstract. If you want more information, be sure to check out paper number 8 in the bibliography. Speaking of neurotransmission, if you're interested in topics like acetylcholinesterase activity or neurotransmitter balance, there is an adjacent topic that doesn't regularly get covered as an Aminder episode, but you can find all of the papers released on this subject compiled into a convenient bibliography on our website aminder.com. With all that said, let's wrap up this episode with paper number 9, a long-term study of NeuroAid, MLC601, MLC901, in patients with Alzheimer's disease, an extension 8-year follow-up study. The first author is Pakdaman, and the last author is Shobamanian, and this was published in Current Aging Science. 
authors are affiliated with Shahid Bahishti University of Medical Sciences and Islamic Azad University Tehran Medical Sciences in Iran. Our final paper of this episode takes us to a human study. Here we're following up on individuals with AD that were treated with a mixture of naturally derived compounds called NeuroAid. NeuroAid has two forms. MLC601, which is a mixture of nine herbal and five non-herbal compounds, and MLC901, which is just the herbal compounds. For four years, individuals diagnosed with AD took MLC601, which was the more comprehensive mixture, and this was followed with another four-year treatment of MLC901. They assessed participants using the mini mental state exam and the AD assessment scale, cognitive subscale, or ADAS-COG for short. Authors report that treatment significantly improved measures on both scales, with a greater difference reported on the ADAS-COG scores. Therefore, this study contains long-term safety and efficacy data on the use of NeuroAid for AD treatment in people. Congratulations! You and I have made it to the end of this episode. There's many people to thank whose hard work contributed to the making of this episode. First of all, a giant thank you to the sorting and bibliography teams that collect and cluster the vast literature on Alzheimer's disease that's published every month. Thank you also to our magnificent management team and board of directors that oversee Aminder. Thank you to Aminder for featuring my music, Journey of a Neurotransmitter, which is what you're hearing right now in the background. If you like it and are curious about my other works, my SoundCloud page is under my name, Anusha Kamesh, and I have a YouTube channel called AK Music. A special thank you to Judy for her edits of my script, and to Lara, whose voice you heard at the intermission, for the bibliography. A final thank you to you, listeners. You've helped us grow in reach and quality, and we wouldn't exist without your support. Thank you for those of you who have already taken the time to review and share our podcast. Don't forget to fill out the survey at tinyurl.com slash survey if you have a few minutes and be entered into our gift card giveaway as a thank you. To any of you Canadian neuroscientists who will be attending the CAN meeting in May, Judy and I will be there too, and have a poster that will highlight the feedback that came from the survey. Be sure to stop by and say hi if you can. We hope you found this podcast useful and accessible. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me in another episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>